Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion email edition for August 14th, 2007. I'm Pete Warner coming to you from Orlando, Florida, and we are we have a number of emails that we're, uh, we're going to read this week covering a number of different topics, and if you'd like to send us an email, you just need to write us at podcast at wdwinfo.com, or you can go to our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and fill out the form there. And uh, at the end of the month, the last Tuesday of the month, we take a random drawing of all the emails that we read on the show, and we uh, we award that person a, a prize, very cool prizes, anywhere from a $25 gift certificate all the way on up to dinner with Kevin. I can't wait for that to get picked. I know. I know that's I'm in there. Really going. I, I'll, get, I'll, I'll bet you anything. We're going to do listener. Pre- if you listen to our last show, uh, we're going to be doing listener appreciation month in September. I bet. And uh, which means we're going to be giving away instead of giving away one prize a month, we're going to give away a prize each each show in September. I bet somebody's going to win it. I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah, probably somebody that's coming in like 2010 or something. Yeah, right. Are we going to choose the prize? Like, we get to choose the like pick the prize and then say, "Oh, this is what you won." No, we're going to ask them to. Oh, okay, the same do. way. Yeah. Okay. I actually have had people write to me and ask if they could purchase that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, please make your checks out to Kevin Close. We can do a auction. Or golfing with Bob. Oh. It made me feel cheap. <laughs> Golfing with Bob, too. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, we have a lot of emails to get to today, so we're going to go ahead and get started. I'm actually going to uh, start. I have uh, an email from PC Fraley in Atlanta, Georgia, who writes, uh, First, I wanted to comment that I love the show, and I voted for you each day during the recent podcast award voting period. Thanks for all your hard work and the various perspectives you give on all things Disney. Before I get to my question, I did want to offer a comment. One of the things I enjoy about your podcast over the others is the honest feedback, positive or negative, about Disney's changes, updates, and plans. My wife and I uh, were listening for the first... My wife was listening with me for the first time this week, and her comment to me was, why are they so negative about everything? It seems like they are discouraging people from going. I have to admit that, at least on this week's show, Pete sounded down on almost everything. While all of us want honest feedback, we are also fans, and while we do want to hear the bad so we can stay away from it, we want to focus on the good. Please take this in the manner it's intended. I'm truly grateful for all the work you do, but please don't become jaded. Um, and he also has a question. I'm going to go to that in a second, but I, I, I just wanted to respond to this. Uh, first of all, I, I want to say thank you. I really do appreciate this kind of, of feedback. This is, this is a, 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 I think, a, a classic, a textbook example of constructive feedback. And, and you're right. I was, I was definitely a little off last week. There's no question. I was, I was too tired. When I was only working on like about four hours of sleep yeah. on last week's show. And I was kind of sitting here going into a nod. Um, and when I'm, when I'm tired and I'm hungry and we've been, you know, doing the show for God knows how many hours, I, I get a little grumpy. And, and so, but, you know, what, as we, I've said it many times before, none of us are here doing any shtick. Um, this is just us. And pretty much wherever we're at when the mic is open is what gets ultimately <laughs> put on the show. So uh, there will be times, you know, um, I'm a moody guy, uh, I guess is one way to put it. So uh, there will be times where I may get a little, you know, I may start foaming at the mouth let me, let me also over add, things that probably maybe don't require quite such a response. Let me add, last week, too, we talked about uh, price increases and ticket increases. So I think that was Which a always hot, gets me. Right. It's a hot-button topic for all of us because we all understand the impact that that has on people. and Exactly. And and what, the rippling effects it has for everybody and everything. So 
Yeah, there's going to be times where you're going to hit that topic that really someone in our group is going to get passionate about. I mean, I understand Disney's a business. I understand they have to make money. I, I'm I'm cool with all that. But for some reason, it's like every time they raise prices, I just get very upset with them. There's another way to look at this. We all get upset about these ticket prices, and it's not only that we're kind of upset with Disney, but it's our love of Disney that makes us upset because this then keeps this from some people. It's when I stop being passionate, you need to worry. Yeah. You know, I just think that some people are now are going to be priced out of this. I mean, there are people that I would love to see the Magic Kingdom who can't afford it. You know, and as far as being jaded, am I jaded with Disney? You know, to some degree, yes. I mean, it's impossible for me to have the job that I have and, and do the things that I do and, and live where I live and not, to some degree, see Disney. I don't know if I would call it jaded. I think I see them more realistically than maybe some other fans, some other Disney fans might. And that's always what I wanted this pod to bring to the podcast was that level of honesty that, you know, everything's not pixie dust. This is a lot of money you guys are spending to Absolutely. go on vacation. and. You know, I'm not doing you any favors if I'm sitting here holding holding anything back. So I will ask that you I, I will ask your that you suffer my my foolishness when I'm uh, in a mood, and uh, just understand that it's all part of trying to bring an honest podcast and discuss our feelings on any number of issues honestly, so that you guys can make a a more informed decision in in what you're doing with your vacation. With that said, let me go on to his question. He's looking for some feedback. Regarding the children's programs aboard Disney cruise ships, his son is three years old. He is potty trained, and he will be able to, uh, uh, and that he will would be able to participate in children's activity while they're on board a three night cruise. Uh, mentions that they have Palo reservations for one night, and I'm curious to know if the son can go to the children's club when they go to dinner, or if not, do they have paid babysitting services? Uh, yes, uh, you, you, the children's programs run um, usually until midnight, one o'clock in the morning. So you can absolutely put your child into uh, uh, into the Flounder's Reef. At that age, you'll be in Flounder's Reef Nursery. And you'll get a pager when you bring your child in uh, to drop, drop them off. If anything happens, if, if they need you, they'll page you. The pager works anywhere on the ship. It does not work off of the ship. It only works within the confines of the, of the ship itself. But uh, I'll tell you, they, they're, they're child, service, child care services on... Yeah. The Disney ship, I, second to none. You'll be fine. You will not find... If there's anybody that you should trust with your children, it's Disney, in my opinion. They, uh, absolutely. Especially on the cruise line, because they they go through great pains to make sure the people who are dealing directly with children are checked out top to bottom. Uh, they're really very, very, very particular about it. The other thing is we find, we hear a lot, is that kids love this so much that the parents have trouble getting them out of the kids' programming. Yeah. We have a friend that that happened to play. That's all he said. Play, play. <laughs> but on the on the uh, booking that they should go down there. That should be one of the first things they do if they're yep. going to yeah. Palos Night. Yeah, is go there and make that booking. So because they they do only have so many. And to answer your question about in, in stateroom babysitting, no, they do not offer that. They do not offer in stateroom babysitting on the no. Disney Cruise Line. Um, and I think it's only offered at Disney World through outside companies. Uh, Disney itself will not offer that service. Uh, right. I, the, li the level of liability is too high. So, but uh, you will have a great time. You'll have a great time at Palo. It's a magnificent restaurant if you haven't been on a Disney cruise before. And uh, your son, although he's young, um, will be well taken care of and will enjoy himself. There's a lot of mm -hmm. activities they have and a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention. It's it's really it's a great uh, great children's program. So. 
I, I thank you for your question. I thank you for your honest feedback, and I hope you guys have a wonderful cruise. So who would like to go next? I'll go next. I have one from Scott from Hudson, New Hampshire, and he, he's coming to Disney World in September, and he's asking uh, to staying outside of Disney uh, hotels, their off property. So we'll be heading in as day guests, and we'll get charged $10 per day for a parking charge. And he's he's asking if uh, uh, if he goes to park at Downtown Disney, where it, it's free parking, and then take a bus to the theme parks, if, if that's a good idea or not, uh, or is it faster just to drive to the the transportation? Center? I don't think the amount of time the, the amount of time you're adding to your trip yeah. is not worth the ten dollars you say. Time right. is money, okay. right? That's that's what I was going to say. My time is valuable to me, and I'd rather drive to the theme park, get out of the car, and go right in rather than catch a bus or wait for a bus 20 minutes uh, or whatever it is to to get there and then drive there. And then you have to drive back on a bus. I was just going to say, going in is not going to be the problem. Right. It's when everybody else is coming out, and you you may have to wait two or three buses it's just not and worth you're it. Tired you at the end of go. the day, when you're hot and tired, and everybody's yeah. cranky, ask me if you wouldn't you rather have the ten dollars? Yeah. You know, spend the ten dollars to have your car right there. I'll, I'll give you an example. I, we went to Hoop de Doo uh, the other day with the grandkids, and we took the bus back from the Hoop de Doo review to Fort Wilderness main spot parking lot. Got in the car, and I was back at the hotel in ten minutes. It's like. Other people, I left there standing there waiting for the bus to go to downtown Disney or wherever they had to go, and it was like I was back at the hotel in 10 minutes. It's like your money is worth – your time is worth more than $10. So so that's my thoughts on that. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Bob. Mrs. Martin. Um, Mine is not a question. It's more of an informative little piece of information. It gave me a neat idea for us as a podcast team, so just hear me out before I get any um, feedback from you guys. All right. <laughs> this is from Dawn. Um, she's no. Tinker Poo on the forums. <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to poke you with this pen. <laughs> <laughs> I will resort to violence. <laughs> she's from Hot Springs, Arkansas, and she loves the Send Bob to the Park segment. So I'm assuming this was for him. But I would like to do something different. After hearing Chuck talk about being a dad surrounded by girly stuff, I just had to tell you the flip side. I'm a mom surrounded by guy stuff. My guys are both teens now or into all things fishing and football. And I wanted to suggest telling people about the Bass Fishing Excursion available at Walt Disney World. We did it on our trip in May, June, and had a great time. It can be a bit pricey. It was $235 for all four of them, but it was worth it to us. I'm not a fisher girl, but I did catch the most fish, seven, and she told them that Mickey was scuba diving and putting the fish on her hooks and not theirs since she loved him more than they did, (laughs) which I think is really cute. But they didn't buy it, and oh well. You even get a one-year subscription to Bass Magazine, which, you know, you can take that or leave it, and they left from Fort Wilderness Marina at 7 a.m. Their guide was great, and everyone caught at least one fish. She lives for Tuesdays and wants us to keep up the great work. It's very appreciated. The Diz Rocks. 
My idea was for all of us to go fishing together. I think it would be hilarious for us to all be mic'd up and fishing and putting worms on a hook. And I think our listeners would love it. I think that's a really cool idea. I mean, I yesterday love- I was sitting at my desk and I was kind of giggling to myself as I was reading this. And I'm like, Corey, I have a great idea. Let's watch Kevin fish. <laughs> Straight on for the queer guy. Hey, Corey and I don't fish a whole lot either. So, I mean, it's not like... <laughs> yeah, it would be like straight eye for the queer guy. Because <laughs> someone else is putting a worm on a hook and stuff like that. I'd be like, ew. Tell Kevin what time we have to be at Fort Wilderness. Julie. 7 a.m. <laughs> at Fort Wilderness Dock. That's another so half hour. Wait, 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 hold on. What time? <laughs> 7 a.m. Oh, you this tell is, me how it was. <laughs> this is going to get very expensive because I'm going to need a hotel room, too. <laughs> Fine. I will, I will not be there at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'll, I'll, I'll come rolling in around 11 see how you guys did. Okay. We'll send Brian with us. No, I just really think if we could all make ourselves do it, it would be so worth it. That is so much better as a couple's thing to do. Yeah, really. No, it's not. <laughs> oh. No, I think I think, that's, I think that could be some 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 great uh, great piece of content for the show. Yeah, we did a really pontoon do. boat so Bob can bring his cart on. <laughs> so wait, I've never I, fished on. The I don't want to die. It could be way. like one of those duck mobiles that goes on land we and could. in the water. We could. So you want all six of us? Yes. Mic'd up like Madonna in concert, <laughs> <laughs> fishing at seven thirty a.m. Seven. Or we could just have just film it. Some, I just think it would be really neat. Oh, this gets I, better I mean, and better. <laughs> I've already got, I've got it penciled in for oh, a, a few a near future thing to have done. I, I knew you guys would. You know, I'm with you, Julie. Guff and gall and. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do any of that. Well, I just said like, no. Julie, oh, <laughs> crack me up. We have to. It's only for four, so we have to. We'll, maybe we can get Brian to go and video. Wait, it's it. only a uh, <gasps> four person, four person excursion. Oh, you can't do six people. No, oh, I was chain two boats together. I, I, think. <laughs> I thought it is for four people. Turn into a small we'll world ride. She doesn't say that it's <laughs> only for water pageant. I don't I'll have to check, but she doesn't say it's only for four it people. It's just four of them. I'd love to see. Because we had six of us on the fireworks cruise. I know, it's you only know, for it's four. It's a different boat. It's, it's only a different for four. Boat. Yeah, but you know, six people on one of those boats with like hooks <laughs> flinging all over the place. <laughs> you know, and there's all a sorts of thing can happen. I'm taking bets on who loses an eye. <laughs> Ooh. There's a 250 pound weight limit. Right? Okay, well, if it doesn't happen, that was at least fun to discuss it and dream about it. No, I, I think I think it's a great idea. I think we should do something with that. Yep. I absolutely do. It's I think on my it's a schedule. Great idea. So thanks, Don. <laughs> no, Kevin you. and John are not thanking Thanks, you, Dawn, but <laughs> for getting us up at the crack of dawn. Um, <laughs> before the crack of dawn. <laughs> All right, Mr. Martin. <laughs> You're such a stitch. <laughs> oh, um, I have one from Lisa from Vancouver, Washington. Are there any picnic areas that can be used by Walt Disney World guests that would not require admission to a park and can be suitable for a large family gathering? Um, I don't know how large your family is. Is it like a family <laughs> reunion we're going to do? Um, my first place that comes to my mind is <laughs> Fort Wilderness. Yep, for the Fort Wilderness Campground. That there's a there's a large beach area over there that you can kind of picnic at and grills if you want to grill out. But I mean, other than that, I mean, do y'all know of any? I think she's talking more like a state park kind of thing where you could have like a pavilion. I can't think of any place around where you could uh, do Little that. Lake Bryan. I don't know if they I, I, no, but you see, I don't think they rent it to the public I though. I think it's only cast, cast, cast members. members. You know, I mean, if you if you want to pay less. Um, in theme park admission, you can like Blizzard Beach. I know they have great little pavilions all over the park that you, if you get there early. And not far from there is Turkey Lake Park, which has that exactly what they're talking about. It's right up on um, Hiawassee Road. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a drive. I wouldn't say not that far. It's twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
But I mean, I would say and Fort Wilderness. And it's a nice park. Corey and I have been to Turkey Lake. Yeah. I can't. That's all I can think. But of, yeah, really. I mean, if yeah. she's referring to just you know five of them going somewhere and barbecuing, yeah. But if she's talking about twenty people, like a tour bus coming know. in, like woohoo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Family reunion. Okay, that hurt my ears. Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's one of the reasons it's imp- important if you if you can when you send us emails, try and send us as much detail as possible about your you know your party, um, you know your likes and dislikes. As Kevin mentioned last week, the more details we have. Uh, the more detailed uh, our answers uh, can be. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you, Corey. Kevin. Hi, Anthony. <laughs> My email is from David and Helen. Don't even try to pronounce that. Rick Toffin. <laughs> and they are from New Iberia, Louisiana. I was going to tell you that. That's New, so funny. New Iberia. New Iberia. They say, hi, gang. I have a question about an upcoming first trip to Walt Disney World. When you see a character in the park, how do you know if you can take pictures or get autographs? I have heard, for example, at Magical Beginnings, they don't do either. Is there some way to recognize what that character will and will not do? Uh, this is kind of going to be easier if you can see them do it. One of Characters come out for guest interaction, and they usually find a spot in the park and stop, and then a line forms and people can take pictures with the characters or get autographs. If you see a character transitioning from one area to another or as part of a parade or part of a show, you're more than welcome to take pictures of them. They will probably not stop and pose with your children because anytime a character stops, a line is going to form and it's hard to say yes to one person and no to another. So while you are able to take pictures, it's not going to be one of those posed pictures where you can get other people in there with them. So yeah, you'll know when there are people out. Also, they usually put on the guide maps where the character interaction spots are and the schedules that when the characters will be out i hope that in answers your question and does anybody else have anything dan well when they when they're ready to leave they leave yeah they just you can tell they they walk pretty brisk and mm-hmm. usually they have a handler with them and we'll make sure nobody make gets sure comes up to them yeah so you'll know if they they're They'll say, sorry, Tigger's going on his lunch break. But usually, like, people standing in line waiting to get an autograph, they, and they know they're going to be leaving the area, they, the handler goes down the line and says they're going to be back on stage again in 10 minutes or something like that. So they kind of let you know if they're going to be back or not. They so. also will not let anybody else get in line when they know they're going to be leaving. So, yeah, you'll know what the, what's going on. But, again... You just can't stop people walking through the yeah, park or characters walking through the park. They won't stop and sign autographs or take pictures. Yeah, with if they're characters. in a parade or anything, they're not going to stop. Great. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. John. I have one from Denise Dugan, who's in Tallahassee, Florida. Denise writes, there's a building across from downtown Disney that I've always thought had something to do with the Disney Cruise Line because it looks like a ship from our vantage point. However, the bus driver this week said it looked like a Swatch watch from above. It's like Chernobyl. <laughs> and that the watch, yeah. um, which actually, and the watch face, which looks like the steam stack from the road, is the largest sundial in the world. Do you have any information about this building, what it's used for, what connection Swatch may have to do with Disney, etc.? Denise, this is actually the Team Disney building. This is um, 
think of it sort of the administrative offices for Disney. Uh, I worked there for about a year when I was a, a cast member. Um, it houses all sorts of administrative functions from IT to um, all the way up to uh, the presidential offices are in that building as well. It is indeed the, the shape of a giant watch. If you were to see it from the air, it would look like a giant watch. I don't believe it's supposed to be a Swatch watch. I just think because of the colors, the of, colors it. of it and things yeah. like that. The face of the watch is indeed the largest sundial in the world. And if you're able to get into the building, which you can't, you have to be a cast member and you have to show ID to get past the guard, there is a very uh, huge uh, circular atrium in the middle that is the sundial. You can actually go in there, and at the points of the sundial are um, – in in the sundial, there are these stepping stones, and they have inspirational sayings on them, things like Walt Disney said this and Walt Disney said that. Um, it's a very cool building. Like I said, I worked in there for a year. It also houses the credit union. Disney's credit union is in there. and That's our bank. Mm -hmm. We've been a member since 97, and we still our bank. That's our main bank. It's awesome. So it, it's a fun building. It's a whimsical building, but it's not anything you really can see as a guest. You can drive in there if you really wanted to. If you had a car, you can drive into the parking lot and see it closer, but you're not going to see much. Because of the entrance, you have those, the you know, the Mickey ears. It's very neat. You drive through those. <laughs> I just think it's one of the ugliest buildings I've ever seen personally. My, but my grandkids thought it was a ship. <laughs> well, it does. It has that, reason, you know, yeah. it's like a steam stack. Yeah. And next to the Team Disney building, if you're facing that way to the left, is the casting building. Central casting. Central right? casting. So if you're ever here and you're looking for a job, that's where you would go. That's where you went. That's where I went. Correct. They're having a job fair. They were having a job fair. Hmm. All right. Thank you very much, John. Pete, I have one from Eric in Fairport, New York. And he says, hi. Hi, guys. And Julie. We're taking our son, who will be six months old at the time, to Walt Disney World. In October, and we're bringing a fairly nice lightweight stroller. Is there a high incidence of stroller thefts at the park that you know of? Thanks, and keep up the great work. I can speak for our experience that we've had in the last two weeks. We had a stroller that we bought locally for the grandchildren, and we left it at the points where you have to leave them, and we didn't have any problems with it. Our stroller, but we made sure that it was unique to other strollers, and you might want to do that. Um, Did you stick a pole on the back and put a video camera on top of it? <laughs> stroller know, cam. I didn't. I didn't think about that, but no, I, I could have. I had to say something, right? But uh, baby cam. But on the other hand, I had an incident where I, I actually, when I went to the Hoopty Doo re review, I left my hat there, so I went to the the Lost and Found over at uh, the Magic Kingdom one. And the people in front of me had a bag taken out of their stroller that they had left with the stroller. It had hats and different jackets and things. And it just was taken, and then somebody maybe either realized that the stroller wasn't theirs, and they turned the bag in at Lost and Found or something. So I always, when we left the stroller, I made sure that we didn't have any valuables on the stroller and and things like that. So you have to be aware of that yeah. and make sure you, you park it in the area where the stroller parking is and because it'll get moved from where you put it if you don't put it in those areas that right. are designated. Although it is Disney, your, your stroller is not a locker. 
You know, right. I, I you, mean, if you're going to leave a camera bag on there, you might not see it when it comes back. But there are incidences of people taking other people's strollers. It's not frequent, but there you do hear about it. Right. And don't leave anything of value in it. Right. You know, you might want to suggest for the trip get a, a inexpensive lightweight stroller that you you don't really care about leave the nice lightweight stroller at home mm-hmm. you know that that's my i mean my my daughter leaves her stroller here and then we put it in storage until the next time they come so paint it tie-dye and, but that doesn't mean i'm going to store everybody's stroller that from the dis i've even heard and this is horrible people taking a diaper and pouring Kool-Aid or something on the diaper and leaving it on top of the stroller. So people so won't that, take it. So that people won't take That's it. That's a good idea. That like is it. a good idea. Find some bird poop. <laughs> I, I've even heard that people have tried to do that. So to dissuade people, just taking something not pleasant and putting it on a diaper and leaving it on the stroller. Yeah, like a melted Mickey ball. But I, I can and I, there's your poop reference. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a, yeah, we got almost through two of them. So... But I bring I brought this email up because I think it's an important thing. I, you know, if you're going to bring an expensive stroller from home, you might want to think twice and just get that inexpensive one. Okay, great. Thank you, Bob. I have one from Scott Kevy from Rockville, Maryland. Um, hey guys, my family drinks lots of soda and juices. Is it worth getting refillable mugs at our resort or not? And can we use this in the parks? Well. Yes, it is worth it, and no, you can't use it in the parks. Uh, I think the refillable mugs are what eleven ninety nine. Yes, around around usually there. two different sizes, and depending on the size, one's a little bit more than the other. We disagree here on the round table. Kevin and I think it's absolutely worth it. We drink a lot of soda wherever we go, so that okay. um, it doesn't make any sense to pay two fifty for a, a cup of soda every time you want to get a drink. It's not something I would buy. Because I don't drink a lot of soda, but if you do, like they say in the email, they drink a lot of soda. It you can sense. also fill it with coffee, hot cocoa, any of the juices that are right. available at the, the the beverage station. See, I look at it on the other hand, is you fill the mug and go back to your room. From I just see that the, the size of the cups have decreased in the last since ninety seven or whatever. Well, you keep an ice bucket at your room. Don't don't put ice in the in the mug. Right, and, but know, ways and that's it. not the only time you use it. Right, you know? that's only one circumstance. And if that's right. all you're buying the mug for, I would agree to you. Agree to you. But if you're buying it to use while you're having dinner and you drink a lot of soda, yes, I I agree. And you know, but I'm just being the devil's advocate on and the other side. To answer his other question, I don't know if he said it or not. You cannot use it in any of the parks. Right, it's right. only good and. Let's not to have that conversation again, but supposedly it's only good in the resort you're staying. For the time you're here. Yeah. It's soda. As we roll our eyes. Use it as many times as you want, wherever you want. <laughs> it's soda. Okay? No, it's not. It's pop. And uh, actually, just before we close, there's just one, th- one more thing I want to read. Uh, we're actually going to do this. It's kind of like a tease, but... Um, we're going to do this as a feature uh, feature segment next week. This is a really great question we got in from uh, Ashley Hall in Lake Worth, Florida. Uh, my question has to do with what I call Disney's Area 51. Okay, maybe a little dramatic, but there are certain places we never hear about that spark curiosity. On my most recent trip, I passed by a place called the Bonnet Creek Resort and another area called the Treehouse Villas. Um, those are only a couple of examples of places like Shades of Green that I hear of occasionally but are kind of hidden away from the general public. My question was, if any of you knew anything about these spots, like what they're for, what purpose they serve, and anything else you might be able to offer just to quell a fellow Disney fan's curiosity. 
Uh, well, Ashley, actually, I thought that was a great question because um, it there are a number of things all around property that you may see that you're like, what is that? Why is that there? Um, and I thought that would make great uh, great content for a, a full segment of the show as opposed to just answering it in an email. So be sure to tune in next week for the answer to your question. We will have it as part of our uh, part of our show. And that will do it for us this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed both our regular show and our email show this week. We will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a great week.